Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find disturbing. If you're still listening, don't look behind you. Hi guys, welcome to episode 30 of Slaughter. I'm Emma. I'm Lucy. 30, flirty 30. It's not going to be flirty, it's going to be horrible. It's going to, well, depends what you're into. There comes a point where we've all used our knowledge about murder and flirting. Not successfully, but I'm like, it's a good go-to. I use it to calm down my mother. <laughs> Works quite well. Like, so, mum, true crime. I've researched two this week, but I'm doing one because... Swayed by the public. I put on Twitter, do you want to hear about Ian Brady and Moira Hindley? And the first two people said, fuck no. And then everyone else said yes. So I'd looked at the no's and gone, oh no, they don't want to know. Researched another and I came back to it and they were like, no, you have to do it. So I'm ready for next week as well now. It's anyway. happening. We're jumping on the Brady bandwagon. We're selling out. Uh, Except no one's fucking buying. <laughs> it's free. Have it. Take it away. Do Sorry, what you friends. will. Um, so I used two books for today's episode. Ooh. The Gates of Janus, Serial Killing and Its Analysis by Ian Brady. But I didn't use that section. Peter Sotos and Colin Wilson. But I think it was... Uh, well, the book was made up of kind of the stories and then they had a bit by Ian Brady. I ignored that bit. I just focused on the stories. Partly because I find it a bit bad taste that he was allowed to write a book in prison. And say, well, he's not allowed to make money off it though, is he? So he must have... Done it for free. Yeah. But still... Why does he get to tell a story? And then the other one was Brady and Hindley, Genesis of the Moors Murders by Fred Harrison. So cool. it's a combined effort. So obviously I'm doing Ian Brady and Moira Hindley. Um, is it Moira or Myra? Myra. Myra. M-Y-R-A, right? I quite like that name. Myra. Would it be bad taste to call the child Myra? Yes. Okay. So I like the name. Myra and Adolf. <laughs> They're such delightful names. They're wonderful <laughs> children. They really respect the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously he died this week. So that's why it's been kind of brought to our attention that we must cover him. And so we shall. So Ian Brady was born in Scotland on January the 2nd, um, 1938 to Margaret Stewart. So he was born Ian Stewart originally. Uh, He didn't know his father. His mother worked as a waitress and she wanted to keep her job. uh, And she went back to it very quickly after his birth. And found it very difficult to cope with working in a newborn. 
So she advertised for a nurse and Mary Sloan responded. Um, and basically, Ian just moved in with Mary Sloan and her family. So oh. he was brought up by the Sloan family and told that he was their child. Oh, so it wasn't like, they're looking after you and I'll send you some money. She li- she sort She's of like, just gave him up do you want for a adoption. Kid? Sort of, yeah, but she kept in touch... So she looked after little baby Ian. Now, Ian, I think, is one of those names that just a baby can't pull off. No. And I was thinking of other names. Harold, baby Harold, baby Derek, baby Geraldine. You don't get any of those anymore. You you just can't. Because you can't call a baby that. Although, I do imagine an Ian to be like a little bold man. So, and babies do just look like little bold old men. That's true. If they're... Yeah, I'd, would you rather have a little bald baby or a fat baby? Oh, I want a chub baby. Yeah, potato face. I want it with rolls and dimples. <laughs> and I will squeeze them and squish them. I watched, um, I was, so, went and saw my parents' foster girls the other weekend and they were so adorable and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling really broody. So I then okay. came home and watched videos of feral children to put me off. <laughs> Are they fostering? Yeah, they do emergency fostering. Ah, Well, they have got a house with a breakfast room, so... <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgotten that. <laughs> this is the breakfast room. The fucking what? It's a shitty room. The what? <laughs> it's got a tiny table. It's not good like, for anything. This girl is rich. Beyond <laughs> my wildest dreams. This is the snack room. This is the tea room. <laughs> breakfast room. So Ian was intelligent but lazy, like you could describe probably most of the children that I teach. Um, he didn't fit in very well. He was a little bit kind of stubborn and he didn't he didn't basically play the game. So at Sunday school, when the group was asked, does everyone believe in God? He just went, no. My older brother was like that. Yeah, I can I remember that. he made a Sunday school teacher cry because he just kept asking really awkward questions. Why would you ask the kids, does everyone believe in God though? That's a bit of a controversial question. Sort school. the wolves from the sheep. It's almost like, like a given. We'll catch them out. To make them feel bad. It's like when they do let's all say a prayer and then you can't not do it. Yeah. You can. Just close your eyes and pretend. No, the fuck I know. <laughs> so Ian began experimenting on animals at a young age as well. So Experimenting. Experimenting. I mean, basically you'd throw cats out of windows and see if they died. And killed a load of birds. That, that's people. That's other people's faults for saying about cats always landing on their feet. Because I would definitely be interested in throwing a cat out of the window to check. I reckon it'd be fine. Like now, if you had, if there was a cat here now, this is why you don't have cats. Like when I heard about how toast always lands butter side down, I remember being in the kitchen just throwing toast around, and my mum coming in. What is happening? <laughs> Do you remember when I was on the phone to you when we were really young and I was like, did you know that olive oil and bread taste really nice? And you were like, I'm going to try it. Oh yeah, because you said I'd do it instead of butter. And I was like, no, it's horrible. That's what the Greeks do. But now I love it. There you go. It's not as butter though. The balsamic. <laughs> did you like spread it yeah, on? Yeah, spread it on. <laughs> and I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> this girl's weird. <laughs> so he also, around this time, was a witness to a really horrible accident where a horse had... Um, come off the road and it was lying like it was pulling a wagon and I think the wagon kind of smacked into it I'm not sure exactly what happened but it's pretty horrible had broken bones and the horse lay sort of dying in the road and I bet he poked it no it really affected him he was well upset about it oh not your experiment didn't go to plan Brady (laughs) I mean who knows he might have caused it maybe he threw it and see if it landed on its feet (laughs) nope (laughs) no um 
Does this one die? Nope. <laughs> but he had a pretty normal childhood. There's no evidence of child abuse. He was safe. He was loved. He had treats. But no evidence of accounts of abuse. Um, but his mother would visit and his mother would kind of come and give him treats and things. So he did start to work out, who was this woman coming to see me? And he guessed, I'm, I'm not part of this family. That's my mother. So... That he made, he felt quite confused. He felt like he wasn't really part of the family. I think that's a big enough trauma. That that that's a huge trauma. Yeah, to have worked it out as well. But. Yeah, but I mean, coming along, giving him trees. I mean, it's not really concealing it very well, is it? But um, so that's when he started to sort of descend into some poor behaviour. So he started to commit petty crimes. He broke into houses and he stole money. And he was caught, but. They kind of thought, oh, it's just a working class boy kind of getting up to tricks. So there wasn't really any heavy punishment at that time. Boys will be boys. I, I hate that phrase. Don't say yeah. boys will be boys. That's ex- allowing they boys can be girls if they want. That well, it's, a, it's excusing boys' bad behaviour, saying this is how boys behave, and therefore the implication is that girls should behave a different way. Yeah, and that girls have to be nice and quiet and pretty, whereas boys can be boisterous, and that's fine. I was I was um on the on the work that I had to teach in English this week. I had to teach Pandora's box. Have you heard the story? Yeah. Like the mythical and I was like, Yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it, blah 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 and then I was like, But why is this and my challenge question was like, Why is Pandora's box anti feminist? And then I went through all the reasons that it annoyed me at the end of the lesson. They were like, Oh, it is anti feminist. Um, so I'm converting the next generation. You've got to you've got to wield your influence. <laughs> I'm not sometimes sure. for good sometimes for evil as he reached working age he got a job at a butch- as a butcher's assistant well if you love chopping up animals that's yeah, really the best place for you channel job. it into something productive get like more his, skills in murder like his career guidance person was like so what are you interested in well I really like experimenting on animals He's like mm. I know the job for you <laughs> so um, he later revealed although I don't think everyone believes him and I could only find it in one book but he said that he um, there's a boy had gone to the police about his burglaries and he chopped him up and buried him on a bomb site which a is a bomb site? yeah like oh, an the hole wall, from the wall but um I couldn't find a lot of evidence for that and some people said they thought he was lying but this book was It's probably one of those flippant things you say when like, you know. Yeah, because I'm always going around going, yeah, I just chopped him up. Well, I don't know, you could say it like, oh, what if someone says to you like, oh, where's Luke? Oh, buried under the patio. Like, as a joke, just say... (laughs) My mum does it about my dad all the time. Yeah, but then they see him later and know I'm Like, where's dad? I killed him. (laughs) (laughs) I finally did it. I snapped. <laughs> One of these days. She does watch true. a lot of snapped, so that's probably why. <laughs> Women who kill. So, back in court for the burglaries, um, the court gave Brady an ultimatum. They basically said, stop stealing or you go to prison. Well, st- go to prison or go with your mum. So, oh. they said, basically, they were like, the Sloans aren't looking, well, the Sloans are looking after you fine, but it's not working. You've got to go live yeah. with your mum. I think what they wanted was him to be not under their remit anymore and thought, well, Manchester can deal with him. So, right. Yeah, because once he's in a different area, it's a different social services. Well, he's away from his friends as well, too, if there were any influence. Yeah. So he went to live in Manchester with his mum, but he did feel kind of rejected because the Sloanes were his family and 
you know, he'd grown the up family. with them. knew, yeah. Yeah, so he, did, he missed his home. Now I'm just living with creepy present lady. Yeah, and she, and he probably didn't know her at all, really, apart from like, the random woman who brought presents. Um, and he took the name Brady as well at this time, uh, because... One his mum's name, wasn't their name, picked a name. <laughs> no, his, his mum had remarried, so she was called Brady now, and it was right. his stepfather's name. But he didn't really like his stepfather, but I think he wanted to belong. You want to be yeah. part of something. Yeah, you don't want to move in with a new family and have a different surname. Yeah. Stands out. Yeah. So Brady was about 17 now. He got a job, uh, but he kept stealing on the side. So he Why ended not? up with two years in Borstal. Um, and here he was locked up with a lot of experienced criminals. And he started sort of networking and going, right, who might I need to contact later? What do I need to learn? And I think his idea was, I'm going to have a life of crime I'm going to make money this way. And say, then what do you retire. expect? We're putting a, a child, so what, 17, we're going to put a child who's obviously tripled in with lots of grown men who can influence <laughs> him. Brilliant. Yeah. And then... Who uh, are your role models? They did a lot of psychological yeah. tests on him as well and they identified him as a psychopath as well. So they they said, yes, you're a psychopath. But yeah, on your way. <laughs> but there's, what can you do? There's lots of people who are psychopaths who don't go around killing people. So you can't lock someone up for being a psychopath. You know, people who are psychopaths quite often are very good businessmen because they just don't give a shit. They're just yes. horrible to their staff. I mean, if you have a vicious boss who's really good at making money, they're probably a psychopath. If they just don't care about their staff. Yeah. Then, so there's lots of, you can't lock people up for that. And he, he, he got fascinated as well with Nazi Germany. Which we've seen There before. we go. That we sealed the deal for yeah. everybody. <laughs> there we go. No head injury, though. Um, so he would collect books and items. He immersed himself in it. He also read a lot about sadomasochism and domination. I think they're the kind of books you've got to buy one at a time and among, like, flower-ranging books or something. <laughs> Like when Quantum. I went to the library the other week with my stack of murder books. <laughs> I, have I was like, I'm going to have to tell them that I do a part. Like, I don't want to brag, but I needed to explain the pile of murder books <laughs> that I was taking out. <laughs> I promise there's a good reason. <laughs> he, so he was living with his mum at this time. He got out of Borstal and he would sometimes travel to the moors, which are... I mean, have you been to the moors? Yeah, so Saddleworth Moors, where it happened, like, it's on the way. We drive. We have to drive across them to go visit my grandparents because it's where my mum's family yeah. is from. So it's basically miles They're, they're beautiful of, yeah. as well. Miles of, like, sort of wasteland where you can't have crops and things, aren't they? Just kind of boggy. Bouncy heather. Yeah. We, da- we have very different views. And you're like, boggy, wasteland. Boggy. Like, bouncy heather, beautiful views. <laughs> they are beautiful. We went for a nice walk in them once and my mum was like, there might be bodies around here. I was like, okay, mum. But yeah, they're, they're nice. But they're vast. They're scary at night. Yes, really scary at night. The roads to get through them is like just sheer drop, yeah, so you're yeah. going to die. <laughs> you're going you, to die. Someone's going to die. <laughs> so he identified it as, as a great place to bury a body at this point. So he was well, already thinking, if I do a murder, this would be great. Um, but he didn't want to do it alone. So, born on July 23rd, 1942, we have Myra Hindley. And she grew up in Gorton in Manchester. And her father was an alcoholic child batterer. Oh, God. So not great beginnings. And he wanted to harden his daughter. She was first born. He did have other children. But he was very much the mentality that if someone um, picks on you, then you go and punch them or I'm going to punch you. 
So she was sort of forced into this resilience and to fight her own battles. She did feel a sense of triumph when she did kind of win those battles, but naturally I think she was quite sort of reserved, but she was kind of trained by her father, so to speak. As a teenager, she became religious. So she right. she was very devout. Um, she got engaged, but that ended. And she started to bleach her hair, so she had her trademark bleach blonde look. Um, she found boys her age immature and annoying. So she well, just, they are. Yeah, they are. Um, so she got a job as a typist at Millwood's Merchandising, where Brady was working as a stock clerk. Oh. And she quickly thought, he's a bit all right. I could see why. I mean, he did kind of have... I'm glad you said it first. I was like... Because <laughs> yeah. Emma's like going, yeah, he kind of was. Well, Well, he had yeah. that kind of like indie band, kind of cool, skinny, like pasty, like... Heroin chic. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like Pete Doherty type. Mm. <laughs> he's not my type, but... Yeah, I, I see it. I could see why people would think he's it's not, quite cute. You understand why she would fall, like notice him... And he's go tall, out with him. tall, dark. He's also quite aloof, but quietly confident. And you could see why she might be intrigued. He wasn't interested in her a jot. Even more so. Yeah. Which is almost like, oh, why is not talking today? Um, but about a year after she started, I think he kind of got interested. And they both went to the office Christmas party. Both got drunk. they were so young. Like, yeah. even when they were arrested, like, in their 20s, right? Yeah, really young. Like... So he did ask her out on a date after about 12 months of them working together. God. <laughs> so a year of having a crush on somebody. Well, I suppose she's used to it with the whole Jesus thing. Imagine Being if in you love have... with someone who doesn't give a shit about you. <laughs> yeah, but imagine that after a year of fancying someone and then suddenly they They're ask funny. you out. You'd be so excited. Oh. Brady began straight away to teach Hindley all of his kind of rules and interests so you pick the cat up by the tail <laughs> open a window and throw underarm <laughs> not overarm so he taught her about nazism he started... oh shit he really went for it yeah if you want to be my lover you gotta learn how to salute so um <laughs> i enjoyed that so she left church she spent all his her free time with him that, that's ext- like to be a devout Christian, someone teaches you about, you know, Nazism and for you to be like, okay, I can see the I can see the logic behind this. This is definitely the doctrine that I'm gonna go for now. I don't know, because To switch. That's what I mean, it's funny to switch. I can kind of see how they do you know when I was on that gap year? It was like a religious of, gap year. Nazis a lot of the Nazis were Christian, weren't they? Because they said like the Jews killed Jesus was one of yeah. the things. But I like I was on that religious gap year and then I didn't really. Ha- I was kind of off on my own, doing it on my own, and then I got with the hot next door neighbor, and then he convinced me that religion was probably false, and I could see yeah. like, luckily he wasn't a Nazi, but I could see how you get sucked in, particularly if you're a bit lonely. That's called the dick sand, pulled into like quick. From Phil Hound to be single, everybody should watch it. But the dick sand. That's what happens. You get wrapped up in a guy and just everything about them, you just lose yourself. 
sucked in. Gen 1, all kids' stick. cartoons used to suggest that you're going to die if you could fall in quicksand. I was terrified uh, about quicksand. Do you remember when the mo- most traumatic movie scene was from Neverending Story, when his horse gets slowly sinks into quicksand? All I can remember is it lasted forever and there was a dragon that he flew around on. But yeah, I can. You, that happens on a smaller scale to when you first get into a relationship especially if you're young and like you're not as sure of yourself like you you get with a guy that you really like and then you just want to do all the things that they do and want yeah. to like all the things that they like so he taught her about moral relativism and that's the idea that right and wrong are man-made and actually in nature everything's killing each other so maybe is killing wrong um, yeah, that nothing, there is no right or wrong, basically. It all depends on the situation. Yeah. It? And then the ideas of Marquis de Sade, that physical pleasure is the only real value because that's the only thing we can really measure or say is true. I'm getting serious A-level flashbacks right now. Some very awkward debates with our with our ethics teacher while she's saying, but is pleasure the only thing? I'm like, miss, I don't want to know about your pleasure. <laughs> so you just don't have pleasure. So Hindley changed from someone who loved animals, loved babies, to someone who despised children and other human beings and was very secretive. They she just take, take, take. That's <laughs> all they do. She was very secretive and she just kept what she read or listened to a secret from her family and she became very withdrawn from them. And Hindley and Brady around this time started taking pornographic photos of her or of both of them to sell Uh which I think they must have developed themselves because... There's, yeah, you there can't wasn't... take it down to boots, can you? No. Happy snapper. He's just shagging. They must have seen some shit Well, how would they... Well, they couldn't have both been in the picture. No yeah. selfie sticks. Long arms. Good for pornog- <laughs> pornography. You have to get the head in, would you? Like, oh, he's got lovely long arms. We could take some <laughs> sick photographs. <laughs> and then her, they had photos of her in the lingerie. Um, some psychologist actually reviewed prison reports about her because I found this kind of interesting and looked into it in a bit more detail about whether was she just a normal girl who got intrigued or was there something different about her? And some psychologists have said that she wasn't just a normal teenager and actually... Well, she'd been battered about as a kid. Yeah, but they based they said she had a very different personality type and it was a right. personality type that made her kind of more resilient. So she was very resilient in a way that these extreme things that he was putting onto her, she wasn't shocked and... Somebody else would freak out. Yeah, she wasn't completely freaked out by them. But I think that serves a purpose to say that, though, in that you you don't want to believe that it could happen to anyone. True. And also... The general public don't want to think that, you know, any girl could have got sucked into this. They want it, It's more comforting to think there's something wrong yeah. with them. My daughter won't. And this is all based on someone looking at reports by someone else as well. So without meeting her, you know, it, you can't really say those accurate or controlled. Um, but Brady began to reveal his desire to rape and kill children and bury the bodies on the moors. And she didn't freak out at that. And yeah. I mean, there's a certain type of person that would be okay with that. I mean, leaving my religion was yeah, one thing. she probably thing, was a bit different. But say... <laughs> Michelle, do you fancy killing and raping some children? That definitely would have pushed me over a line. I would have been like, yeah, I'm not down for that. She's further down the spectrum of psycho than we are. Definitely. 
So I think for me though, I just always assume that people are joking. Yeah. Like if someone said to me, "Oh, I I have a desire to rape children." I'd be like, "Don't be fucking stupid. That's a stupid that's a ridiculous no, thing like, to that's say." Quite a like dark if joke. someone just if someone just says it outright. Who's been saying that to you? <laughs> no one has said it to me. But <laughs> when someone tells you they want to rape kids and you laugh along. <laughs> well, no. My friend um I remember when we didn't know each other as well, he said, um, oh, I'm going to take you and lock you in my basement. And I was like, oh, what a joke. And then later on, I did visit his house and it's got a huge, creepy fucking basement oh that he took me into. God. And then I started, it was only then that I started to panic. He didn't lock me in it. He just has a basement in his house. But that's not common. Like, we don't have many basements here. But normally people have lofts. Yeah. And that's. Probably when I realised I should not be taking everything as a joke. Pauline Reed was the first victim of Brady and Hindley. Um, and they had moved in together at this point. So this was a planned murder that they had plotted while living at her grandmother's house with her grandmother. Um, I mean, the grandmother wasn't in on the prime. She didn't know anything. Um, the couple... She just thought the swastika posters were fabulous. <laughs> She's probably all right with that. So the couple bought a minivan and... Uh, Hinley, obviously, as the woman, picked up Pauline and Brady would tend to, with these crimes, stay away. A typist was driving a minivan. Like, why? <laughs> what do you need to transport if not the bodies of stolen children? But... Instead of red flags. You would think a young woman, if she offers you a lift, you automatically kind of think, well, she's not a threat. And they were young, too. It's like if I'm out with... Even he was young. He's not a creepy yeah. old man. He's not giving you creepy old pedo Jimmy Savile vibes. He's no. a young 20s good looking guy. Yeah, and like, she's a young... I bet she could come across sweet. I mean, she doesn't look it, but... No, but... All right. But I mean, the first it, one... Man. But it's like when... Sweet, Luke... sit back. Stop talking. It's like... <laughs> I'm Myra Hindley. <laughs> it's like when Luke... Like, just talks to a child when we're out and about. And it's fine, because I'm there. Fine. But if I think if he did it on his own, it might look a bit weird. He probably but is doing it on his own. If there's a woman there, it almost kind of makes the situation yeah. okay. And it makes the parents go, oh, there's a girl with them. Like, it's fine. Yeah. This guy's not creepy. Um, she, the this first victim was um, Hinley's sister's friend. So she went and picked her up in the minivan and she said to her, I've lost a glove on the moors and I need your help in finding it, which is weird, but this kid is only young. There's not victim blame. And she bribed the girl with records. Oh, yeah, stuff. with, like, little little kids, you can make anything sound fun. You'd be like, should we go and find it on the moors? Like, you can yeah. make the crappiest things. If you just act excited, then a five-year-old gets well, yeah, excited. She's not, she's not that young. She took Pauline to the moor. You can get them, like, two for a pound on the market stall. So she took Pauline to the moor and shortly after Brady arrived on the motorcycle. The, like, why pick someone to look for a glove? Sorry, I'm still thinking about like. But as a premise, like, just pick a specific child that you don't know particularly well. Like, I've heard that you're the person to contact. <laughs> well, she wanted to get her on the moor, didn't she? Yeah. So she used it to be a reason to I just go mean, to I'd have had a better story. I'd been like, oh, there's some horses or something. Should we look at them? But yeah. there's a lost glove and you're the person to help me. Get in, we're going. <laughs> Kids like playing detective, though, don't they? To the moors! So she took Pauline to the moor and shortly after Brady arrived on a motorcycle and this is where their accounts differ. Stop giggling because this is going to get I'm laughing because I'm remembering you keep telling me to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop talking! 
Here their accounts differ. Hinley claims that Brady took Pauline off and then returned to get her and then she got to the body that was already dead and the girl's throat had been cut and her clothes had been pulled up as if she had been sexually assaulted and raped. Brady says that both of them were there the whole time um, and she had helped to sexually assault Pauline and she was present for the murder, which is generally the accepted line of inquiry just because of what happened later and how involved she was later on and there's evidence of Although that. Although I could believe that for the first time possibly she wasn't involved. I say I would think it would be more likely that she wasn't involved the first time and then it gradually came, like to go yeah. from zero to I'm holding her down Maybe, while you fuck her. Is... She picked up a kid to get murdered. I mean it doesn't really matter whether she's there or not. She's yeah she's a I mean she up. hadn't lost a glove had she? No. So she knew that something was wrong. In his 63, Brady met um, Hinley's sister's husband, David Smith. Now, he was only 16, but he was already married to her. And he, David Smith, went sailing with Brady and Hinley. And he became a little bit attracted to Brady. Now, the book said he wasn't gay, but he kind of liked Brady. Like a talented <laughs> Mr. Ripley situation here. Possibly. Um, and Brady, I think, kind of saw this as an opportunity to get a little bit of a sidekick. So they started hanging out sometimes. Hinley didn't like it. November 23rd, 1963, Brady and Hinley drove to Ashton Underline, a nice little market town in the UK. Hinley offered a 12-year-old John Kilbride a lift from the state. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It was getting dark. It was getting foggy. She was a woman on her own. He said yes. He I got in as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they should have been taught not to trust strangers, even blonde women. But you know, it's not it's not ridiculous that they'd be like, yeah, okay. Brady later photographed Hinley kneeling on his grave on the moors, so he was their second victim. June sixteenth, nineteen sixty four. Keith Bennett. Set off to visit his grandmother. He was 12 years old. 
and he was offered a lift by Hindley and he accepted um, and his body was never found and a lot of people hope that Brady would reveal its location before death and this is the one that's been coming up in the news mm. this week because a lot of people are really angry that Keith Bennett the family haven't had the opportunity to bury Bennett. It's still lost on the moors. Um, Smith and Brady continued to hang out. Hindley joined a rifle club and she got a gun license and she bought some guns and Smith and Brady would go and shoot the guns out on the moors. Um, and she didn't so like... So she got the guns and then yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm going to take the little kid though. She hated well, it. Well, he's married, but... He's he would be annoyed. Long. Like, you get the guns and then I'll take my new friend. Yeah, she hated it. But he told her, look, if I want to go rob banks, I'm going to need another bloke with me. This guy is going to be the one that I'm going to take with me. So he kept him on the side and he said it was for bank robberies and they began to create plans for these robberies. Um, I love the excuses that are okay. Like, don't worry, I'm not going to shag him. Just rob banks with him. Like, I'm oh, fine then. <laughs> okay. Like, that's how warped... The, their sense of morality yeah. isn't it they're like this is fine Just... as long as you don't cheat so Smith didn't participate in the murders even though he was asked to kind of get in well I mean I don't think he was asked to do the murders outright but I think they said to him can you go to this pub and convince this kid to come blah 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 and he didn't do it or he came up with excuses and um Brady started to get annoyed because he thought, well, this guy's a bit of a liability, actually, because if we're telling him stuff and, and he's, he's not, not doing on. anything, mm. then he's he's a problem. So he tried to... He was planning on killing Smith, but Hindley said, no, 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 think about my sister. She's married to him. So they didn't. And Smith actually was a key witness in the trial. December 26th, so Boxing Day 1964, Hindley picked up 10-year-old Leslie Ann Downey she found her at a fair. She took her with her. Hinley's version claimed they took Leslie to their house, which was the grandmother's that they were living at, and she, the grandmother was away for Christmas. Um, and they got out a tape recorder, and then she said that she went into the kitchen. Um, she said that Brady ordered Leslie to undress and then pose, and then he photographed her. And the recording was played at court, and it was horrendous. Um... She was screaming on the recording, calling out for her parents, and Hindley's voice was also there, saying things like, pull it tighter. I think they were talking about the gag that she was wearing, but that completely discredited her story of saying, oh yeah, I wasn't there for any of them. It was So that was massive evidence against her. Brady strangled Leslie, um, but he says Hindley did it. There was Hindley reported seeing blood on the girl's thighs, which suggests that she was raped. And then he said that Hindley used cord to strangle her. And then later on, she would like play around with it in public, knowing exactly what it had been used for. as kind of like a, oh, look what I've got, but no one knows, like a little secret to herself, which is just grotesque. Uh, Brady would also play Russian roulette. He began getting really bored with this life and kind of if you're mur- if you're doing your absolute fantasy and getting away with it yeah what, where's to go and also it said in the book oh he's 26 now and he getting started having a bit i was like fuck you he's past his prime and he said i've done everything like why well, you not done you've not done nice things not left manchester 
Yeah. Mom. You've not done anything nice. Go into railing. You've done all the awful Brilliant. stuff. Yeah. Gap year in Thailand. Uh, playing roulette, and he used to play it with Smith, which was really risky because if he had shot Smith playing yeah. Russian roulette, he would have got done for manslaughter. All this would have come out. So, you know, it was stupid anyway. In September 1965, um, Brady knew that Smith was desperate for money and he wanted to capitalise on this and he wanted to get Smith involved in one of the murders just because... That's then, the way to keep him yeah. quiet though, isn't it? To implicate him. Yeah, he knew that was really important. So um, he got Hinley to pick up Edward Evans, age 17, from Manchester Central Railway Station and bring him back to... I mean, it is a good strategy. If you've got off a train, I hate get, yeah. I hate going to the train station and then having to get the bus home. Like, if someone rocked up, like, do you want to lift? Yep. <laughs> yes, please. I don't know. If someone had been on the train chatting to me and then offered me a lift, I might be okay with it. Whereas if just some random at the station went, do you want a lift? No, thank you. But then That's we... kind of what taxi drivers do. <laughs> but I think we're a little bit riskier than most people because we went couch surfing. That's true. So... Do you want to stay in my house? Mm, okay. <laughs> yes, please. So, Hindley then asked Smith to walk her home um, where when she left Edward Evans in the house with Brady. And Smith walked in and he found Brady had hit um, Edward over the head with an axe. And he said to Smith, help me carry the body of Edward up to the bedroom to tie up. Smith, just to dispose of it, it was easier to carry. Smith did... And then he kind of made some excuses, but he did help clean up the area. Well, there's a guy with an axe. Like, if he started saying no, he would have been smashed in the head. But straight after, he went straight to the police um, and told them about the murder. Yeah. Which is good. So, the police arrived the following morning. Now, I don't know if they were off duty in the Uh, It's after five. Um, This is going to have to wait. Like, I'm glad you've come to us, but it's one minute to six and... (laughs) We'll leave it to the morning. Clock on at nine. So they turned up at the house and they said, we believe there's a body in this house. And we've given you a head start to get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah, we've given you all night, but we think it's still here. Makes the game more interesting. Fingers crossed. Um, So in the house was a locked room and they said, let me in this room. Um, The policeman ordered Hindley to get the key. Brady has said that he looked for the gun under the sofa where he's sitting and he was going to shoot the policeman and then shoot himself but he had the night before taken the gun upstairs so to play some more Russian roulette yeah so he couldn't access it uh and then he told the policeman oh yeah well there is a body there was an argument last night it went a bit wrong um and he was arrested and Hindley wasn't so Smith also was crucial in that he told the police about Brady having suitcases that he would keep at the station in a luggage room and there was masses and masses of evidence in those cases. So they went straight to the the police station uh, the train station, got the cases and found they had pornographic images of children like images of Hinley and Brady on the moors. So they were on the moors that's evidence of where they took the bodies and then the tape of Leslie Ann Downing. I understand that stuff like that you need to keep somewhere safe because you can't just have it lying around. But if it's going to be in a suitcase in a train station, you might as well not have it at all. Because what are you going to do? Just go visit the locker room, bash one out, and then go home again. I think You might as well not be there. You're (laughs) never going over to see them. 
It's like when I see tourists taking pictures of like random buildings. I'm yeah, like, you're never going to sit at home and look through those photographs. Just don't take a picture of it. It's like when we went on that boat trip of the Everglades and there was that couple who just filmed the boat trip the whole way around. When are you watching this? Yeah, you're going to sit at home and listen to... <laughs> yeah. Remember when we were on the Everglades and I took this video when it's not quite as good as actually being there? <laughs> like... Remember when I wasn't paying attention to the trip because I was filming the whole thing? Yeah, I just watched it through the camera like I'm doing right now. No, thank you. So... Hindley was arrested after this because obviously there's evidence they're both involved and the photos of the Moors really, really helped in terms of determining where these bodies were. Now, the death penalty had been abolished just one month before they were arrested. So the timing of it was really lucky for them. Uh, both were sentenced to life in prison. The tape of Leslie Ann Downey was played in court. The full thing so traumatic for you would not want to be on that jury. the jury so traumatic and the mother listened to it <gasps> she should because she had to identify the the voice of the child and say it was definitely leslie no which i just can't think of anything worse that must have been horrendous um i can't and, believe they made her do it well i don't know someone's got to identify her not really what do they think it is hindley putting on a voice like <laughs> I don't know. Someone was being tortured. Yeah. That's all we need to know in this scenario. I mean, I, I don't know if you if you, if you know it's there, would you rather hear it though? Nope. I don't know. But how traumatic. It totally haunted the jury, it, it haunted the police who had you to listen to it. After being on that jury. But the police the police who listened to it as well, just to find out what it was, they were traumatized as well. Because it was horrific. And obviously the People hated these two. People thought, how disgraceful. It was massive, sensational news. This young couple seemingly had everything going for them. They're not bad looking. Why? Why would they do this? It was just baffling to everyone. It was just so horrific. And although you kind of hear the story of it, you think, like, this actually happened. These kids actually had that experience for the last moments of their life. I mean, it's, and it's really weird. Terrifying. It's really weird hearing this story in detail because it's such a well-known case. I knew their names completely and I sort of knew what had happened. I feel like for my whole life, it's sort of, yeah. they are how, like everybody knows something of the story, but actually I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know how horrific it was because I, I didn't know about yeah. the recordings and things. To really think of it in that way, I don't know. And their pictures actually, are always like shoved like, on the books. Desensitized a bit to it is yeah. what I'm saying because their names are so well known, and I knew that they had killed children and they were buried on the moors because they're moors that we drive through all the time. And I was, but to actually hear the details of it, I think sort of realizing actually, yeah. You know, and you kind of think a child's understanding. Just as a child, you just think, I I, I can't it, it beyond my comprehension of what a child would think it was happening to them, yeah. and. Well, it's just it doesn't bear thinking about that being the experience and then I mean you, you'd think maybe if you went through that experience and then you were like oh, but something's good to ha- gonna happen I'm gonna get saved a superhero's gonna swoop in and then for you just that's it you think your parents are gonna come yeah you'd think when you're li- when your little things are happening you always think mum and dad are gonna come yeah in a minute. yeah so over 100 officers searched the moors and they found nothing um Hindley's 11 year old neighbour however who had been targeted by the couple and they had decided that she was too risky to kill because she she was too close to them and it would be really obvious. 
Um, she had been taken to the moors by both of them, though, on a couple of occasions, and she led them to the area that they were they were kind of burying bodies. And because of her, they found Leslie and Downey and John Kilbride's bodies. Then later, they used photos uh, that were found in that bag to determine where Edward Evans' body was um, buried. And then Pauline Reed's body was also discovered, but um, years later in 1987, mm. just on the off chance. Um, after 19 years in prison in solitary, because everyone wanted to kill him, so he decided yeah. to go into solitary, Brady was declared insane and he was taken to Ashworth Psychiatric Hospital. And in 2002, one of Hindley's fellow inmates claimed that Hindley had told her about a young female hitchhiker who was also killed by the couple. But right. she didn't know her name. Nothing ever came of that. Hindley died of bronchial pneumonia on 15th of November in 2002. And obviously, Brady died 15th of May 2017, so just this week. Um, his will stated that he wants to be cremated to Hector Berilo's symphony fantastique which i did listen to um it's quite a dark piece of music but it's actually written about a killer who is haunted by his victims in hell who does he want to listen to it i like mean he's being cremated he can't hear it and i don't think anyone else is hanging around but it's also an hour long i was like no one's staying for the end of that mate no what? one's that bothered about you anymore I mean, while he's being cremated like we're not going to stand in the incinerator well like they kind of no one gives a shit it's almost like the the Why end not? of the funeral let's when just, it goes. Let's just not play it and say we did. Well, that's just not... I don't know if he's trying to be the last ha-ha or if he actually thinks that he's going to be haunted by his victims. Do you think that anyone cares? But I'm going to do it. I don't care because he's... Do you have to do things that are put in wills? No. Like, is that legally binding in that someone has to play that music? No, because he also asked for his ashes to be scattered in Glasgow's River Clyde and, Gl- and Glasgow. So Glasgow he said... said Fuck no! <laughs> yeah, they said hell no, um, so they refused. And others, others have said, well, maybe he wanted them buried on the, maybe he wanted them scattered on the moors because he really liked the moors. Like, who's coming? Why up with suggest this shit? it? Why suggest it? Like, do you want to go and do it? No. Does anyone want to have those moors with his dead body on them? No. Well, the coroner said, I'm not even going to release the body until we no, say that's definitely not happening. Not. Because imagine that, how grotesque would that be and insensitive to those people who died? Oh yeah, but we'll just scatter his ashes around. It's not going to happen. He's scattered anywhere. Chuck him in the bin. In the bin. In the bin. (laughs) So that is the story of Ian Brady and and Myra Hindley. You asked for it, guys. It is your fault. (laughs) You, the listeners. No, it's not your fault. But it it probably is one of Britain's most terrifying and and horrific and famous I think that and the West I think because they're couples and the children involved um, so there you go we've done all the famous ones now so the rest is going to be unknown so on a lighter note we thought we'd um, discuss some true crimey shows that we've been watching enjoying some recommendations um, the one about Gypsy and Dee Dee has been high profile on the internet at the moment yeah, so the documentary Mummy Dead and Dearest. Mummy Dead and Dearest. Which I... Did you already know the story? Yeah, so I knew the story. Sword and Scale had done an episode on it quite a while ago. I think that's maybe where I heard it. I'd but heard Insight that. I've also done an episode on it as well. And then I'd watched a documentary about it. But then this documentary is the first one where Gypsy's given an interview. And you actually yeah. hear So it was 
interesting. See, I'm part way through and then I paused it, but I know what happens. Um, but I don't think Luke does, so it's going to be interesting to see his reaction because he was like, that poor girl. Well, so if anyone doesn't know the story... Um, We're going to tell it to you and ruin everything. <laughs> Briefly, the mother and daughter, and it's a case of Munchausen by proxy, where the mother is giving the daughter symptoms and saying she has illnesses that she doesn't really have, and it takes a dramatic turn. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, it is a form of child abuse. There's other... There's other cases and things that have been documented about it that you can read. We have a lot. I say a lot. There's been at least three cases since I've been teaching where it's been suspected, and really? one and one case where it's actually been no. um, brought. The social services have got involved because of it. But so that's a documentary. It's a good to watch. documentary. Um, and also three girls, which is looking at the. Rochdale um, sex trafficking ring of young girls in Rochdale, which is near Manchester. That was so well done. Have you seen it? I haven't, but my mum put it on series link at her house for me. It's three episodes and it's really, I think we'll be watching it with the kids in PSHE next year because it really shows how kids might get sort of sucked into something that they... It's almost like you're on a promise. Like, I've given you this. No, you've got to have sex with me. And then it almost gets normalised within that sort of group. And it just shows... how it, It's completely not victim-blaming. And it really tells it from the story of the victims and shows how they weren't just these little slags who were like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have sex. That actually, really, it's... It's, it's not like that It's systematic grooming, all. isn't it? Yeah, it's not like that at all. I think it's important that the kids do learn yeah. about it. Because when you first came out, you imagined it was a few people and, like, a few specific girls that would have sort of got into that sort of trouble anyway. I think it's the way the media persuades. But there was hundreds. That means that's showing it can happen to anybody. And the kids need to know. Yeah. Because it's all kept quiet, so it's not... They don't talk about it, so I think they need to know that because it can happen to any of them. They need to be recognising the signs of someone who might be... Yeah. And when I started it, I I did realise it was a three-parter. And then at the end of it, I was like... Surely there's not much more to come. How are they going to long this out? But actually, each one is so gripping and doesn't feel an hour long. It's not too much at all. Everyone I know at work has been talking about it. And it's very rare, I think, that people all talk about the same programmes anymore because everything's kind of on demand all the time. Yeah. People really got into it. So that's really good. Um, I've just been watching Line of Duty. I'm really, like, late to the party but I love it. It's a police, it's a police drama. And I thought it was going to be like The Bill because my mum recommended it. And I was like, mum, she loves The Bill. But it's about anti-corruption, the police who investigate the police. And it's really good. Season one and two are on Netflix. And then season three is just in the ether of the internet. I'm not recommending you do anything in particular. Um, And then season four was on BBC iPlayer. Line of Duty. Line of Duty. Um, It's just... Every episode, there's something huge happens, and yeah, the stories that. develop. Like I kept thinking, "Oh, I know how this is going to go," and I didn't know how this is going to go. I mean, other people are smarter than me, so maybe they'll know how it's going to go. But <laughs> I so want to watch it. it. I've, I've been especially watching the first season though, because four episodes, I thought the antagon- the protagonist, was one particular person. Then it turned out, oh shit, he's never in it again. That I got the the whole show completely the wrong way around, no. and I thought the baddies were the goodies. Oh. But then everybody's a bit good and bad. 
that's what I learned. True, true from story. From Line of Duty. <laughs> Not from Frozen. Not from Frozen, no. Um, I've been watching The Missing, which is well old, but... I got recommended it the other day and that's actually really good as well. Have you seen it? Uh-uh. It's about someone whose son is taken and... Oh, no, I have seen it. Yeah. The James went... Nesbitt. No, I haven't seen it. Guy from Sliding Doors. No, I haven't seen it. That's probably the worst. You know, when people say, oh, he's from... This person's from this film, I always pick something really obscure that no one... I love Sliding Doors. It's such a good film. But he's fantastic in it. Um, it's... I mean, it's a bit confusing because it goes from present day to... He's um, not the when one the from kid sliding went doors. Yes, he he's like the one that she starts no. hooking up with. Is he not? He is. The awkward Irish guy. I think there's two Irish men that are allowed in there's TV. There's two. There's I, surely not. I think they did recruit another one. Maybe it's not the guy from sliding doors. No, I don't think it is. Isn't that Patrick something? Because James Patrick or Brian. He's similar, but he's got weirder. No, okay, I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway, so the missing is good, and it doesn't have anyone from Sliding Doors in it. So if you hated that film, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening to this episode, um, and if you stuck with the ramble about TV shows at the end, you're the best because now you get to know the big reveal. Yes. So Lucy's been teasing you with the new um, Patreon content that's going to be coming. Rhymes with slaughter. Mother, daughter, slaughter. That's what it is. So, Lucy's mother, who you have heard about on the podcast, <laughs> um, is actually an amazing true crime reference source. <laughs> that we didn't even... Well, I did kind of know about. Un- until now, untapped. untapped. <laughs> we tapped that. <laughs> I didn't tap it. That's yeah. great. Ass. No one's tapping it now. <laughs> All right. Talk about I, my just meant, I just meant us, but then <laughs> I came out wrong. <laughs> cut that right go <laughs> that um well just tell us what it's about <laughs> okay so my mum has recorded basically an episode of slaughter emma's not in it no because we thought i wasn't invited i kind of thought i was gonna be there and then Lisa was like yeah i've recorded it that's <laughs> um no. we just yeah but she's done a f- almost a full pretty much a full episode like a full like half of an episode that we would have done and um it's great it's hilarious. I hope it translates to people that don't know Lucy's mum, but I was cry laughing. So it's going to be on Patreon as a reward for people who donate $5 um, or more a month. So you'll be able to access that from next month. And then Emma is going to also... Convince yeah, I felt left Emma out. That. So I made my mum do one too. <laughs> and she's... Um, okay. She's okay. <laughs> Okay. she'll get better <laughs> but I think my mum's got a few more left in her so I think we'll uh, we'll make it a rag thing if you like it she keeps saying have you put it up yet do people like me but she's never heard our podcast and I want to keep it that way oh yeah neither's mine no. we did lead them into it blind yeah record something for this podcast you know nothing about <laughs> she's like okay she went for it it's worth a listen um, so thanks again for listening um, you can hit us up on social media you can get <laughs> that's how the kids say like hit me up they say that right hmu or is it even not even words now no you just put hmu oh is that what that means yeah (laughs) you are not down with the kids i'm not down with the kids um so twitter at slaughter the pod facebook 
S apostrophe laughter, true crime podcast. Add us as a friend or join the group and I'll sort it out. Whatever you do, you'll get in the group somehow. Email slaughterthepodcast at gmail.com. Send us email. It's fun. Um, you can go on Instagram, Lucy Emma Slaughter. I'll put some pics up of the people that we've covered and recently. if you know Semaphore, you can wave some flags and maybe we'll see it. Yeah. But just don't Facebook message us. Whatever you do, don't Facebook message us. Not private message. Save it for the group. If you can't say it in the group, you probably shouldn't be saying it to us, is what I feel. If you can't say it in front of the whole class, <laughs> it's not appropriate. Okay, thank you so much for listening. So, listening to Slaughter doesn't make you a psycho. Moving your Nazi boyfriend into your grandma's house really does. Grandma, what were you doing? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.